Coming up in this episode of the KickCast, your old phone becomes your new security camera, a lightweight lock for your bike, and we help build Chimera Station. Plus, we have a special guest host, Alex, from the Double Burst Podcast. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KickCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KickCast, the podcast where we go out and find projects and let you know if you should backtrack or sack them. I'm KT Data, one half of the show. Unfortunately, Drew is still on hiatus. I think he just barely moved into his office today. Um, that's kind of crazy, but he'll be back. But I have a excellent co-host to fill in. One of my co-hosts on the Double Burst podcast, another show we have on this network. It is the one and only Bearded Alex, the man that I was so jealous of your beard that I had to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll never live up to this beard, but... <laughs> yeah, but I can have something. I mean... We could be brothers, right? If just no, maybe, maybe <laughs> we can work on that. So, but Alex, I'm glad you are actually on the show. Um, you know, we we have a blast in the Dice Masters podcast. I'm going to take this off because I can't breathe in it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I'm glad that we're here to kind of just talk about some crowdfunding projects. So before we actually jump into our projects tonight, and boy. We have some awesome projects for you guys. I'm I'm super excited to talk about these. And like even the one you guys voted on, it was a contested vote. Like it tied. So we had to pick one out of the two. Which is We played we played rock, paper, scissors for <laughs> yeah, Pretty much. But so Alex, I don't I don't I don't know how far back you watched in terms of our old episodes, but about forty episodes ago, um, which is probably like almost two years now thinking about it, we had this um crowdfunding platform we called beacon reader and it was a crowdfunding website um that was based on instead of you actually getting like items or anything they would crowdfund news articles so you could so somebody could you know raise up some uh, x amount of money for something i think they did what they one of their bigger ones was a article series on like black lives matter um gotcha but unfortunately Today, they sent out an email to all their contributors and their project creators that they are actually shutting down the website. Hmm. Um, So after two years, um, Beacon Reader is closing its doors. They're not taking any more money on behalf of journalists or publications, um, and you won't be able to get any more money. Um, They're also canceling all the subscribers, um, and they didn't didn't say why, so I, I don't know why they're closing. Um, but I think you have up until October to download any stores you may or may not want. Um, but after October 31st, they're kind of going to get canceled. I know there is one or two other sites out there that do a similar thing, but I'm not sure how well they're doing. Um, it's always kind of sad, right? To, to say that a crowdfunding site is shutting down. Um, yeah, I wonder, you know, this is something that, like, Patreon might be able to take up. I wonder if there's something on the inside where one of these other uh, subscription-based crowdfunding sites has maybe purchased this site or something like that. I don't know. Have you heard any of the rumors or no, anything like, like that? Th- or? This caught everybody by surprise. Like, if you actually still go to Beacon's website, it doesn't say about anything – doesn't say anything about them closing or anything right now, but I hmm. didn't. I didn't like try to start an account or anything. It just, but it looked like the site we had checked out when we first found out about because I thought this was a super neat idea um, to get the kind of stores you want the way you want. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
this is kind of the way of the future, I think, with journalism and stuff is people don't want to read an entire newspaper every yeah, time. So, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say anything about the current state of journalism, but it kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, there are still some reputable sources. Yeah, but there's a lot of bad resources out there, too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. All right, so on to our kind of next story. It's kind of been a light news story. If you guys listen to the show, you kind of know that this kind of, there's some, some, for some reason, there's this weird pattern where you have a whole bunch of news stories and then all of a sudden everything's quiet. Um, but this next story is kind of interesting. And I, I don't know if you've, you've seen this happen, but I've seen this trend start more and more. So this actual specific story is from Crowdfunder Insider and talks about, um, Peak Designs, which is a very well known company that makes camera gear, camera bags. Um, they've had a multiple successful Kickstarters. What they're actually doing now is after their backpack campaign had ended on Kickstarter, they started a Indiegogo, Indiegogo in-demand project. Um, and most of the people are familiar, but if you're not familiar with Indiegogo in-demand, it's sort of like crowdfunding, except it's more of a pre-order system. So the project's gotcha. already being made. You're probably going to have it delivered to you a little later than what the initial backers had, but they still can keep collecting money. Um, and these guys aren't the first ones to start doing it. Um, and I see it more and more. How do you, how do you kind of feel about this, Alex, where you go from one crowdfunding platform to another and it's more of a pre-order system rather than a um, project? I mean, I think that's kind of a good idea. It's, you know, bouncing back and forth between sites, like I guess you go where your where your content is most appropriate um, would probably be the best way to put it. Whereas like Kickstarter, you're backing the campaign, but this Indiegogo in demand is more of the pre-order system, which is kind of nice because a lot of companies use Kickstarter or Indiegogo as a pre-order system. So if you're going to um, have a LinkedIn crowdfunding way to do pre-orders after your backing's already done, then you can kind of start gauging, you know, the demand on the individual product and go, okay, we had X amount of Kickstarter backers. We have to make that many. Oh, there's another X amount that wants to pre-order this. So we can already go ahead and allocate like our, our process to create, you know, an extra set of backpacks for these, pre-orders and uh, and one thing we always like to do on the show is to get you know get both project backers and project creators kind of ideas so this is this is another potential thing that you may want to plan for after your project um because one of the biggest problems drew and i see a lot in crowdfunding projects is they'll blow up and then they'll want to increase their cap want to make more whereas that may not be the brightest idea because you may not be ready to scale. This may be another alternative way of doing it is plan saying, okay, if we hit our cap of making, you know, 500 of these widgets, we can plan to do it to do an indie man after for anybody who wants it after those 500, but we're going to focus on making those 500 first. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I, it definitely I, seems like a great tool. Like I have a, I have a business degree, so I have a little bit of background in that kind of stuff. And, um, being able to have pre-orders is definitely nice because then you know there's a guaranteed allotment that's already sold in theory. And 
Um, anytime you can budget a real number instead of a projected number is so much easier to do and so much nicer to budget. Yeah, and the funny thing is the more I think about it, it's actually similar to what do we suggest for people before they launch a project. Have a good dedicated amount of people who are already going to back your project on day one. Um, yeah, This absolutely. is kind of like an extension of that is have a bunch of people ready to buy it when you have it onto the markets on day one. For sure, for sure. Yeah, the the more people the more people you can get to give you money beforehand or commit to give you money beforehand, obviously the better off you are. Mm-hmm. All right, so those are our news stories. Um, this is a little fun segment that sometimes is empty, so if you guys ever want to suggest anything, you can always email us, kickcast at ktdata.net, or put it on our Facebook page. Um, but this is the kick shout. So these are just quick shout-outs to projects that have sent us an email we're not, you know, we may not fit the show to feature or they're just cool things that dedicating a whole segment to may or may not be the um, fit in, fit into the show. So our first one, I got this email from this company called The Officeizer, and it is a device that while you sit, burn calories, improve focus and energy, reduce stress and lessen back tension and leg swelling. It's one of those things. It's a little board thing that you put your feet on and you kind of move it around so it keeps you active while you're sitting at your desk. So you can check those guys out on Kickstarter. Search for Officeizer, O-F-F-I-C-I-S-E-R. And our yeah. next... Yeah. Um, that, it, it looks cool. Yeah, it looks- yeah it's cool. Um, our next one, actually, Drew sent this, and we actually may get the project creator. I need to... I'm still trying to coordinate to get him on the show for an interview. It is called the Gold Claw Gold Pan, um, and it is a... It's It's... Gold, gold pan, so, you know, if you're panning for gold, except he has improved the design to make it far more easier and far more effective to go panning with gold with it. Um, it's pretty cool. Make sure you guys check him out on Kickstarter. Also, it is Gold Claw Gold Pan. Now if it just has a gold finder built into it. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's just made out of gold, maybe I'll just use that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that looks fun. All right. So now, finally, we get into our different projects that we have tonight. So, Alex, I got to ask you... Um, you might be like me, and you tend to collect a lot of smartphones, right? What, what do you do with your old smartphones? <laughs> that is not me. I sell every one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what happens is usually I'll keep, uh, I'll have it, um, I'll keep it around, and then you know the next latest or greatest comes along. Um, and I, I literally have a drawer somewhere full of phone. Like I, I have kept every cell phone I've had ever since my first one. I don't know why. It's weird. Um, not all of us are made of that Asian money like you. <laughs> it's not even Asian money. I mean, like, my oldest one is, like, a pink, one of the slider phones from way back <laughs> in the day. It's 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 100%, like, sentimental seeing just, you know, that was my first cheap phone. Um, I actually have probably have a launch iPhone somewhere. I, my my first phone was a uh, one of those Nokia bricks. <laughs> yeah. Indestructible. Um, so, but... My so the problem is sometimes you'll have a bunch of especially these smartphones now that have cameras and everything they sit in the drawer but they're still useful and you might not be using using them to make phone calls um and another another thing Alex I know you have you have a home do you ever kind of wish you had a security system or something around there to keep an eye on things when you're away especially you cuz you travel a lot um, Yeah definitely it'd be nice and be Nice to know when my wife leaves the garage door open too. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd be interested. Yeah, the the problem with camera systems are they, they tend to be pricey. Um, yeah. What what I like about our first project, it is actually called the Presence 360. 
it is a smartphone security camera robot. Um, so you're probably wondering how this works. So it's a little dock holder thingy that you can put your Android or iOS phone into. Um, and there's an app you install onto the phone and it will control the little dock thing and it can pan and tilt in 360 degrees. So you can actually put it in the middle of the room and it will search for all the, it will mobilize around. And what's really cool about this is you can set up to three hotspot zones. So say you want it to focus on the door, have it focus on the door and you can set the duration. Say, once you get to that location, hold the camera for like 30 seconds before you move on to other locations. Um, I, I, I love this where it keeps, and it can tilt up, tilt down. Um, and I believe you can log in from your app from anywhere um, and just, you know, take a look what's on there. Um, what's what's great about it is it's only $99 because you're providing the smartphone. And let's, yeah. let's be honest, most smartphones in the past five years have excellent cameras. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I, like, yeah, I, I love this. It's It's a way to kind of recycle those smartphones that start building up, especially now you have those phone plans that every year you just can get a new phone. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy. Does this sound like something you'd use? You know, I, I don't know if I would use it because like I said, I don't have any of my old smartphones, but if I did keep them around, this is definitely be, this is definitely one of the most cost effective ways to have video surveillance at your house, especially as adaptable as this is like, you're not going to find that anywhere for a hundred bucks. And if you've got an old phone lying around, I bet this would even work with like a iPod touch probably. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, you know, it, and it, it, all you need is a camera and Wi-Fi. And yeah, pretty much that's good. And if it's iOS, Android, you you can even get like Android phones that are hundred bucks, 50 bucks right now that are dirt cheap. That still have the camera that works really well. Just pop that in. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. And for $99, some people may say, hey, that's a little expensive, but go look at the camera systems out there. Um, at $99, you're not going to get a 360-degree camera, of course. You may no. be able to get a stationary one, so what are you going to do? Just stick it in the corner and hope you can view everything? Um, I, I, and I really love those kind of like smart zones where you can say, focus on this a little bit longer instead of just having it rotate, and you're like, wait, did I just see that um, something? Um, yeah, for sure. Like so, uh, so yeah, I, I really like this idea, um, and the recycling portion is also great. So, is this a backtracker sack for you? If I had extra phones <laughs> in my in my house, it would be a back for sure. Yeah, um, I definitely think this is a cool idea, and for those people that for the people that really like security cameras, there's probably a lot of them that have a lot of old old phones around. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I think this is a yeah. track for sure. Yeah. Cause, cause I got back. Yeah. I, I got to admit to you, if you think about it, you know, security camera footage, it's all like blurry and stuff. Your phone probably has a better camera than most of the security cameras too. So that's always a good thing. All right. So on to our second project. Um, people may not know about you, Alex, is that you are actually a bike mechanic, the pedaling kind, right? Or, yeah. The pedaling. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you use the, if, who knows? You might know how to fix the gasoline kind too, but oh, not at all, not at all. <laughs> but um, so this kind of project, the second project that we have on our show, is something that you know is definitely in your wheelhouse um, on there. So let everybody know what it is. Yeah, for sure. So this next project is um, it's called the Auto Lock, the Go Anywhere and Cinch Lock for bikes and more. Um, man, 
the amount of times that I want to take a bike lock with me, but I don't want to carry a heavy, heavy lock. Like it's every time I don't want to carry a lock with me. I just don't. And I typically don't because they are too heavy and bikes are expensive and I swear people steal them left and right. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you can buy a bike now for more than $10,000 and you know, some of the wheels on bikes are pushing $3,000 just for the wheels. So, um, having something like this, if you watch the video, it's actually really cool. One of my, one of my friends and someone I've worked with in the past, uh, Jacob Rathy, um, endorses this product and he's a professional cyclist for the jelly belly team. And, um, he, he endorses this product and you can see it fits in his pocket. He locks his bike up outside the grocery store. I know on the teams I've been on in the past, there's been plenty of, um, plenty of times that guys are like, Oh, Hey, do you have a lock? I need to go to the, I need to go to the grocery store. And it's just like, uh, well, I, I don't have a lock. I wish I did, but, um, yeah, it's a it's a so, really cool lock, lightweight. Um, they say it's cut resistant. They have someone with the big old bolt cutters in there trying to cut it, and it barely puts a scratch on it. Um, you know, like my best friend's dad is a fire investigator and police officer, and he always says locks are there to keep honest people honest. But I think this lock is going to make a unhonest person. <laughs> have a difficult time getting into the, that bike. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit different, right? From your conventional chain lock where you mm-hmm. normally see it, right? It's more of a kind of an elastic strip band that you can wrap around a bar or, or something like that. Where Yeah. Actually, can you throw up the pictures again and go down to the, um, the second picture down the, the one with the green lock around the bike and then coiled right up. Yeah. So it's, it's super yeah, small. That I mean, one. And is it made out of plastic, or what? what is it made out of? It's a multi-layer steel band design, um, super strong, and, uh, you know, the the more layers of steel you have, the better. That's why cable locks are, ca- like, like they are with all the strands. It's harder to cut um, when it's tiny, tiny strands instead of one, one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, because uh, you, you can see them trying to cut through this, and it's being fairly difficult. Um, and it's, it's super small too. Cause I mean, like I swear, I see people riding their bikes out. I'm like, how are you like carrying anything? <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I think they, I think they say in the video that this lock is like 150 grams. It's a little over 400 grams to make a pound. So if you're only carrying 150 grams, like all those weight weenies out there, they're going to love something like this. Um, you know, I would honestly carry two or three of these on my bike with me, and that way you can make sure your wheels are locked to your frame and that your frame's securely locked to um, whatever whatever object you're locking to is. And so, how much are they selling these for? Um, uh, it looks like forty four dollar, forty nine dollars, forty nine. So, how much does a normal lock go for? Because I I have no idea. I mean, I have my bike that I had when I was like twelve. <laughs> I mean, you can you can go to Walmart and get a twenty dollar lock, but I mean, it's going to be pushing five ten pounds, and uh, for a hundred fifty gram lock that's going to keep your bike safe, fit in a small pocket, forty nine dollars is it's, is uh, and probably more secure than that heavier lock that you're buying at Walmart, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, even the nice locks at the bike shops you get, they're pretty heavy, and and they're going to be at least the same price, if not more. 
So I'm I'm guessing this is a back for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I might back it as soon as we get off the show. <laughs> See, like I I know nothing about bikes as you could tell. Like outside <laughs> of basketball, pretty much sports is a little foreign to me, but like I I I love the idea of this and considering that you just need to wrap it around a bar, I'm like, "Ooh, there's there's stuff around my house that I could use to that I may need securely locked and this may be a good alternative than just, you know, wrapping a chain and hoping nobody comes along with a pair of bolt cutters, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if someone has enough time, they're going to get through it, but that's that's how every lock is. And um, if you're leaving it out in front of a grocery store or something like that, this this lock is definitely going to be enough for you. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me is like, I wonder what would happen if we, like, set up cameras and just set up a bike in front of a grocery store and just put that on and see if somebody tries to steal it. Oh, it, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm sure they would. I've seen people try to cut locks off in front of coffee shops with plenty of patrons at them. So, yeah. That's just crazy. All right. So our last project of the night is kind of a fun one. It's a local Utah project, which, you know, I, I love finding local projects. Um, and so outside of Dice Masters, Alex and I, we like playing board games. I mean, yesterday we were just talking about board games waiting in between Dice Master matches. Yeah, I'm working on designing a board game with a yeah. couple of our double burst guys. <laughs> and th- and this is the funny thing is we were talking about miniatures too and how much you're a sucker for them. And we all know I'm, <laughs> I'm a sucker. And we all know I'm a sucker for <laughs> for this kind of stuff. So our last project of the night is called Chimera Station. Um and this board game is you're putting together these chimeras to build a space station and What's really cool about this is if you look at the figures that they use, these figures actually are interchangeable. So they're tentac- they have like tentacles, claws, brains, leaves that you can work with the different heads and the different kind of station modules that you need. So you want to find the most efficient kind of hands or whatever combination to build each these each of these pieces of the station. Um, yeah. And, and I think you're collecting points. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Let me double check. Um, so let's see, placement, splicing, feeding, and, uh, yeah. Says you have five rounds to build the station, which would be nigh impossible just using regular alien workers. (laughs) (laughs) This, I, you know, it, I don't know how it plays, but man, it's, (laughs) I know everything about it has got me wanting to play it. For sure. Yeah, it it has all like the things that get me because it's like shiny metal coins. So in Dice yeah. Masters, we just got foil cards. I'm like, oh yeah, Ooh, more shiny. I love it, and I I love the like worker interchangeability type aspect of it. That is just something that gets me super excited about things. For I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and it looks like one of those games that has a ton of replayability. Yes. Like every time you play it, you're going to end up with a different combination. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 not, it's, it's not one of those games where everybody knows if they get that one thing, they're going to win the whole thing, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it could be. But from looking at it, it definitely doesn't look like that's the case. It looks like it's going to change every every time you play it. And yeah, I, I'm this is a back for me. That's yeah, yeah, this, absolutely true. Yeah, this one is a back for me, too. It's only, what was it, $60? Um uh, for the deluxe copy, yeah. or forty five for the base, but we all know I'll get the deluxe. Of uh, course. Um, so does that mean I actually need to back it because you're going to have it, or should uh, we both have copies? We <laughs> might need both copies, man. What if we get two groups playing at the same time, or 
somehow we like merge them all together. <laughs> have super chimeras. Yes, super chimera stations and I'll have a clamp leaf chimera going after you or something like that. Um but no, I, I really like this game. It's already halfway there with twenty four days to go. Uh it's great and I I love Utah projects. There's and there's something just fun about this game. I haven't even really Well and to... and it looks like they're doing it in different Different languages yeah, too. Yeah, so you can so get you can get yeah. a Chinese version, <laughs> which is cool. So you can so, get. So is that what you're getting, Kevin? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it only ships to certain countries. I might not be able to get those. <laughs> it has the English rules in in it as well as the Chinese rules. So yeah, that, that'd be kind of cool. Just play with Chinese cards and see how people react. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of weird that they pick Chinese and Portuguese, but uh, it's uh, my, so my guess is that they were um, there might be some import export restrictions in those specific countries. Yeah, because um, I do I do know Portuguese. They're kind of picky on what you can and cannot import. So that might be why they have these special tiers because there might be just a person dedicated to talking with each one of those backers and. True, you know, true. imagine the logistical nightmare that you have to go through this giant list of people. I mean, they're already at 591 people going through a list of 591 people, finding the people that are specifically in those countries and then having to like reach out personally. Um, I think this helps save a step um, with that. And I mean, I don't know. I'm weird yeah. that, uh, where I would like to have the booklet with the foreign languages there, but some people might not and might save them money if they don't do it that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, but yeah, this is this is a back. Um, I'm probably gonna back this right after, and Alex and I probably one of these Fridays because we get together Fridays to play board games. Uh, <laughs> you know, together. and it doesn't it doesn't look like there's too too much reading, so I might even be able to play it with my six year old. Ooh, that's always nice. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. He yeah. can't math, but he does all right. Yeah, we'll teach him. Yep. So, yep. So that <laughs> is the Chimera Station. Um, and our last, and of course, before we go, we always have our sack of the week. Um, and, dun, oh, dun, dun, dun. Oh, actually, before we go to the sack of the week, we mentioned that this last project, there was two, two projects that were tied for it. So the other one that was actually voted in was called the Nyax and it is a Chinese or a Japanese meat tenderizer. Um, it looked really handy, so instead of using a mallet, you can use this, and apparently is really, really effective at tenderizing your steaks. Huh. So, so check them out. That is uh, N-I-X-A-X Lite. User-friendly Japanese handy meat tenderizer. All right. Now we are going to our sack of the week, um, and the, I think the one that I am actually going to do is this, um, because... Uh, this is part of the problem with people and not planning on what they want to do. Um, it is called creating a DBZ game free and starting a indie game studio by Daniel. Whew. That was just the title of the project. Seems a little loaded, right, Alex? I, I don't even know what they're trying to do. That's never a good start. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did, what, what, what he is, he's from Florida, your home state, my dad. At Miami, that's. <laughs> That's a different state. That's a different state. <laughs> I hear the there's Cuba- some good mountain biking. I down hear there. the Cubanos in Miami are amazing. Oh, and- don't even remind me of Cuban food. That's oh. the 
probably the oh. biggest thing I miss from Florida. Oh. Oh. Like, did did you watch Chef with um um what's uh, one of those famous directors? Um, nope. But they actually go down to Miami and have Cubanos, and he opens up a Cubanos food truck. Ugh. Oh Ugh. man. I want it so bad. Yeah, that is that is what Utah's missing. We should start a Kickstarter for a Cuban <laughs> restaurant. My friend here is fifty percent Cuban. Uh, he's whiter than white and ginger than ginger, so you would never know. <laughs> but he is fifty percent Cuban, so maybe we could talk him into helping us out. We're gonna stick him next to the grill, and he just starts tanning for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I don't think I've ever seen him tan. So. <laughs> And that's we grew up in Florida together. <laughs> so, so what this is, this is how it describes it. Hi guys, I'm a self-taught indie game dev working on creating a DBZ game or a Dragon Ball Z game for free on mobile and starting as a indie developer studio. So, um, okay, so he's an indie dev looking to start his own studio and make a Dragon Ball Z game. My problem with this is, first of all, Dragon Ball Z is copyrighted to the. Um, whatever the Japanese rights holder of Dragon Ball Z is, I think Kodensha or something like that, and Toriyama. Um, yeah. Nowhere in his project does he mention that he got permission from them. Exactly. That's That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. a bad problem. That is this, a... <laughs> is, uh, this is false advertising at its finest. I'm going to make a game that I can't even promise because I don't have rights to it yeah. yet. Yeah, and if I do make it without getting those rights, there's a high chance I'm going to get a cease and desist and my game's going to be shut down. <laughs> yeah, or it's going to be called like... I don't know, dinosaur ball Q. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That, that just, man. Yeah, and it was weird. I this, looked I looked at the game. This is honestly all the Kickstarters that I've wanted to start in the past. <laughs> hey, guys, give me money so I can pretend that I'm going to do something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I've had to really <laughs> back. I'm like, dude, man, you got to have a better plan than that. Or they're just, <laughs> people aren't going to give you money. He wants $50,000. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's... You know that's pretty low for a indie game studio for an unproven indie developer that already admitted he has no formal training in making games. Which that's fine. That's fine. People don't need formal training to do that. Um, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. But using a copywritten IP <laughs> and you want fifty thousand dollars. My other big problem with this is he doesn't tell you what he's going to use the fifty thousand dollars for. He says this is his family's place that he wants to convert to an indie studio uh indie game dev studio it's a restaurant and it looks very stock photo-ish which makes me a little worried well uh, look at the blueprint it says kitchen and counter service area what <laughs> like it's legit right at that point this guy this guy is either has no idea what he's doing has no idea what direction he wants to go yeah or, and, and or, the other thing is like you'll see lines like this because he obviously didn't proofread this before he posted up which is a common theme when it comes to our sacks of the week. Loads lots of trail and trail error. Trail and error, but I've never stopped learning. I'm like, um, I, I fear that you're going to put a variable in your game code that's going to break it because you didn't keep track of everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Laser Norm mentioned it. John Favreau, if you've never watched Chef, Alex, go watch it. It's so good. It's all food porn. It is straight up food porn but it's have you watched any of these videos of what his dragon ball z game is yeah so it's a dragon ball z character jumping on zombies which makes zero sense in the story canon as i was a kid yeah that's right i'm stereotypical i was one of those kids that grew up watching dragon ball z makes no sense why he's jumping on zombies and it's not like an advanced game it's 
not quite easy as Flappy Bird, but it's not your next Bioshock or your, you know, Call of Duty level programming that he's doing. So, so I listened to another podcast that, that talks about video games a lot, and they are out on a crusade to get the PlayStation Network to not sell as many crappy games as they have been. And this looks like it would go in that category of crappy game that shouldn't be sold. Well, this is this is, would go on the App Store. Um, exactly, and, and that's like their crusade. That, they even say like the App Store is the example of what not to do because yeah. there are too many, just too many there. And whew. yeah, and yeah. So like, what I'm so for our sacks of the week, we we try to get a lesson out out of it. Um, do some market research. Um, proofread your project, please. <laughs> yeah, have you? Did you see the picture of him working in the lab? Just yeah, which is looks like his room. Yeah, exactly. That looks. I could take a picture of my my little office corner here in the living room, and here, if here. you didn't see the view from the yeah, you, the you kicks, wanna, <laughs> you want to screenshot this? Look at that. I'm working hard yep. in my room. I should put this on a Kickstarter. Yours looks yours looks even better than his does. Gosh, man, look at mine. It's just the living room. But you turn it around and it looks like it could be a professional studio. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think his bed is made on the other side of that camera? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably sitting on his bed. So ten yeah. by ten room. You can't you can't sit put much uh, chairs in there. Oh boy. Um, so, Sorry to dog on the actual creator. But, uh, uh, he's probably a nice person. He probably but... he seems like he's a cool guy. I like I said, mad props for him for learning how to program. That's not an easy task, and especially doing it on, on your off time. So he's probably going to school or working at the same time. Yeah, um, so, uh, but I mean, come on, man. So so to be perfectly honest, when I was in high school, I was in programming classes, and we had to do the project was create a flash game that helps you study for a test. And so it's called hypercard. It's been around well, since the 80s. <laughs> well, listen to what I did. There was a flash game in the book that came in the demo CD in the book that I had. And after you beat the level, it had a trivia question. So I just took that flash game and I edited the <laughs> trivia question to be a study question and I got an A on the project. <laughs> you just stole the source code and oh, one hundred percent. But oh, those were know, the it... days when I was in like Action Script too. That was oh, I man. hated Action Script. It it was pretty pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of funny. You mentioned programming stories. I remember when I took my programming class. It took me about five minutes to do the assignment that I needed, and then the rest of the time I was just playing video games or just trying to study and learn different libraries. So, <laughs> so like we were talking about having to write checks in middle school and on our uh, <laughs> Slack channel today, I had to write many $100 checks because I got caught playing Quake uh, in class too many times. <laughs> I'm glad my teacher was cool with it. <laughs> Ours was too, as long as you had your work done. Uh, that was the problem. Oh, you I didn't have your work seven. done. I had my work done because it I mean, it's like, all right, write that stack. I'm like, okay, there you go. I'm gonna, well, well, the I'm problem go was, I was, I was so good at it. You know, I just, I could do it in the last day, and I'd have it done, and it was never a problem. So, 
I didn't know why I had to have the work done before I could play. Oh, why can't I just play and then? That's the beauty of it because that is your one trump card when you're a kid that you could have over an adult. Because that's what the one thing they go to. Have you gotten your homework done yet? And you're like, yeah, it's right here. And then what? What can they say? <laughs> <laughs> I did not have that experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I could go on for hours on how I worked the school system to do the minimum amount of all work, and I still oh. ended up like near the top of the class. <laughs> I went when I went to college. It was you get the syllabus and you figure out exactly how much work needs to be done to get a B. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, but that is this episode for the Kickcast. Before we go, um, I'm gonna pimp double, double burst. I. I don't do a lot of pimping of my other shows, but if you guys play Dice Masters and if you like Alex, you guys should go check out Double Burst because he is on that up on those shows. Um, we're also raising money for the Extra Life charity. We are having a tabletop appreciation day this weekend as we record. Yep. But November fifth. Yep. And uh, head over to extra-life.org/team/doubleburst. And you'll be able to find me or KT Data or any of the other members of our crew. Uh, feel free to donate to any of us. It all goes towards our team goal. And man, is this a project that's close to my heart? Um, we have I have a friend back in Florida, uh, Winston. Speaking of Florida, he uh, races mountain bikes and he's also a blacksmith. But he's like 16. He's one of the most cool kids you've ever met. And he uh, he has cystic fibrosis and. So I heard about this Extra Life event, and it's a 24-hour gaming marathon to raise money for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. And um, the money that I raise goes to all children's hospitals, which is the hospital that my buddy Jared has to go to all too often. So if you'd like to donate to us, to me or KT, uh, again, that's extra-life.org slash team slash double burst. And you will find us there and find a little bit more of the story. And um, yeah just awesome cause and we get to raise money by playing games and this weekend we have the tabletop appreciation weekend and we're running events uh here in utah so if you're around come check us out uh double burst on facebook and we'll uh yeah. we'll all, get you going teach you some things. dice masters and table <laughs> and tabletop games and man i could talk forever about extra life yeah <laughs> extra life is a cool cause if i mean seriously make sure you guys check it out if you have any questions just just reach out to me at KT Data. Like, seriously, KT Data everywhere. Um, of course, you can always shoot us an email, kickcast at kickcast at ktdata.net. I should know my own emails. I've been saying this for <laughs> over 100 episodes now. I think I'd get that right. Jeez, or, geez, Kevin. Or on There's our, too many of them. <laughs> yeah. Or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash kickcast. Or you can at, tweet me, of course, at kickcast for the show, at KT Data for myself. Um, at J AJ Larson for Alex, um, but I don't think he checks it that often. Or of course, at I'll my- get the notifications, so I'll I'll get back to you. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I really enjoyed this podcast, and I'd love to do it again. Yeah, I, I mean it it's a blast having you on, um, I, and it's a blast seeing you every week. Like if you guys don't know, I see Alex probably more than I see my family. Um, pretty much. <laughs> How, how, many, how many times have I seen you in the past six days? Oh, way too many. But did you see the chat? 
<laughs> Look over at Laser Normies saying he's going to check dice at me. Oh, yeah. I'll do it. It's okay. Do it. It's okay. I, I was doing that last night. I was so mad that I threw dice across the room and it happened to be where Kevin was. Yeah. I just heard this thing whiz by my head. I'm like, hmm, what was that? And I see Alex over there, stupid Gorilla Grodd. Like, oh, okay. oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, make sure you guys check that out. Um, of course, Drew is coming back next episode, so we're all excited. Yay! Yay, Drew. Uh, I'm excited. Um, hopefully, he's recovered from his craziness at the beginning of his semester. Alex, I will tell you what he had to do. Um, it's nuts after the show. And um, of course, all you guys who watch, and watch live, I love all you guys. Put another hug on my tab. Free hugs. Alex, would you, give, yeah, free would, hugs. would you give them hugs too if you ever met them in the real life, in the meat space? My nickname in high school was the hug whore, so absolutely. So yeah, there you go. Now you, now you, now you can increase your variety of hugs from all of us. I've, I've been told I'm one of the best huggers around, so <laughs> move over, Kevin. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting pushed out. Um, and of course, if you want to watch live, our next episode is September 27th, 2016. Um, and you'll be able to find all the stuff on our social media channels where we'll post it. Um, all right, guys. We will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye.